0: What wisdom is there for us as white Christians in these troubled, violent times of pandemics and racial capitalism and the beauty of resistance? I'm Reverend Ann Dunlap, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a United Church of Christ minister and I'm the faith organizing coordinator for showing up for racial justice or surge. I live in the place currently called Buffalo, New York here in the homelands of the Haudenosaunee and Erie peoples. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith, and is particularly designed for white Christians. White Christians talking to other white Christians about race and white supremacy. We believe white Christians like us, like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy, to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy where we find it, including in our own Christian tradition. And we do this work remembering we are building up a new world. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December, 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. The word is resistance. I am so pleased to welcome Reverend Kelsey Beebe to the podcast today. Reverend Kelsey is a trained dancer and yoga instructor as well as an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. She serves as a solo pastor at two churches just south of Milwaukee, Wisconsin and is the executive minister and president of Dancing Pastor Ministries and host of the Lady Preacher podcast. And that link is in our transcript, so you should definitely check it out. So Welcome, Kelsey. Please tell us more about yourself, anything you want our, our folks who are checking us out to know.
1: Thank you so much, Reverend Ann. I am so grateful to be here. I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk with you today. Um, my name is Pastor Kelsey. That's how you know most of my folks Refer to me at my churches, but um, I'm happy just to go by Kelsey. And I am a pastor, like you said, just south of Milwaukee in Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, on the original lands of the Potawatomi tribe. And my pronouns are she, her, hers. And, you know, as you said, you did a great job introducing me. I'm a dancer, I'm a minister, I teach yoga. Uh, that's been such a, a great love of mine you know, I discovered yoga when I was in college and why well, shouldn't say I discovered it. I started practicing yoga when I was in college as, you know, kind of a cross training from dance and it quickly became a very integral part of my prayer life. Yoga has its roots in India and, you know, the teachings are all about not just the asana or the movement, but really how, the movement shapes the rest of our lives. There's meditation and there's ethics all wrapped up in this practice. And for me, it became really integral in my faith and figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I pray? How does Kelsey pray? Some people, I think pray through music, some through running, um, some through doing art, some through math. I don't know. I am not a math person, but God bless those who are. (laughs) And for me, it was, it was through movement and really just, Understanding, you know, the Holy Spirit in particular. I really see the Holy Spirit as the the part of God that moves and breathes within us, that connects each and every one of us, that draws us towards each other. And when I dance, that is the part of God that I, I really feel. When I practice yoga, that's the part of God that I feel. So it's very integral to me. Um, my mom passed away when I was four years old. She was a UCC minister mm. um, in the Seattle area in the Pacific Northwest. And it was really her death and hearing stories about the impact she had on people's lives that led me to the work that I do. And Mm. integration of movement in that is my dad is an economist. He's a math person. (laughs) And he was like, he (laughs) was an introvert. Yeah, he is the math person. Yeah. And my brother, my older brother is um, three years older than I am. And they were both, you know, when when my mom passed away, they're, sort of grief response was to stay at home. My dad worked really hard and I was a four-year-old social butterfly. And my dad was like, I got to get this energy somewhere. Mm. (laughs) And so he put me into ballet classes. And I think that was really the start of, you know, processing emotions, processing grief through movement. And yeah, again, just hearing the stories of the impact my mom had on folks. Mm you know, she was a pastor in the eighties and in Mm. our area, there were no other women who were in ministry and she was excluded from like the local clergy group, Mm. but by the end of her time serving, she passed away in, uh, 90, 96. And, um, you know, every person had kind things to say about her and she just made a huge impact on folks who were initially resistant to this idea of a female pastor. So, That's kind of how I got into this work. And people always ask me like, okay, why lady preacher? It's because when I was living in Missouri, we were in a small town. We were there for two years during my husband's internship because he's an ELCA, uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church pastor. And I was serving these two churches and both in really small towns. And I heard from my church folks that around town, I was known as the lady preacher. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I just embraced it. You know, I think some people are, you know, insulted by that. And, you know, rightly so if that's how they feel. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to reclaim this. I'm going to embrace it. And I'll be I'll be the lady preacher.
0: <laughs> I love that. I, I, I think that I have been called that on occasion um, as well. And uh, I think actually that's a really beautiful segue into talking about our text today. Because this reading in the lectionary from... From Genesis chapter two is one of those that's been used by um, patriarchy to try to enforce certain gender roles that have included, like, women not being, you know, permitted to preach, permitted to yeah. hold positions of power. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to what you have to say about this text that you chose it. And you said, I am I want to talk about this in anti-racism, um, but I think we're going to mess around with gender too, which I think is going to be great. So um, the text is part of the creation story, Genesis chapter two, verses 18 to 24. Um, Kelsey and I are going to alternate reading it. And I've played a little bit with the translation to try to help us get a better feel for the wordplay that's actually happening in the Hebrew. So Um, You might listen for that. So we'll start here. Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 18 to 24. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the earthling should be alone. I will make them a helper as their partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the earthling to see what they would call them and whatever the earthling called every living creature that was their name
1: the earthling gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field but for the earthling there was not found a helper as their partner so the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon the earthling and they slept Then God took part of the earthling's side and closed up its place with flesh. And the side that the Lord God had taken from the earthling, the Lord made into a woman and brought her to the earthling. Then the earthling said, This at last
0: is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. All right. So let's talk about, (laughs) let's talk about this story. (laughs) Yeah. As, as I mean, as a feminist, I'm sure. Sounds very clear. Also feminist. um, Yes. But for me as, as somebody who's, who's queer, like also like, I don't, I don't quite know what to do with this text. And I'm so curious about your thoughts and how this, text can actually help us understand something about anti-racism work as white folks. So tell us something
1: about what's going on here
0: and what stands out to you.
1: Well, I think one of the things that I want to acknowledge is that we come to this particular text with a lot of baggage. And And a lot of trauma because this text has been used in an oppressive way for a very, very, very long time and is still being used in an oppressive way in many church communities. So I first want to acknowledge that. And for anyone who is listening, who has felt that, you know, take your time with this conversation. If you need to pause, if you need to breathe, step away, you know, I try to encourage folks to listen to your body and what you need. And if this feels like a lot, maybe take a breath, take a beat. Mm, mm -hmm. And I, what I hope to do with our conversation is to take this text that has been used to oppress and shift it to use it, how I think it was originally intended and how God would want us to use it, which is in a way that is freeing Mm. in a way that, you know, helps us understand God's hopes for us, God's dreams for us as human beings. And the line that stands out to me the most is verse 18, where it says, it is not good that the earthling should be alone. I love Mm. that. This idea that we are not meant to live this life alone. Yeah. And I think so often, you know, when we come into issues of justice, this text again has been used to tell people, if you are queer you need to be alone.
0: But that's mm. not
1: that is not what this says. We are not meant to live this life alone. And the beautiful thing I I read in this text too is, you know, I th- a few verses earlier when God creates human beings, I wonder if God felt lonely. If God thought, mm. "Oh, let's create human beings in my image. Let's create this community" and so that God isn't alone. I never have thought of that before. Well, I wish I could take credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had had that thought first, but, you know, a lot of my thinking is informed Hmm. by, um, a text I, I told you about before we started recording, but it's called preaching God's transformative justice. And it's a three book series that, has commentaries on, on each of the lectionary texts. And it was that particular um, commentary that offered that thought of, you know, maybe God felt lonely and God made creation and then decided, well, we can't just have one. (laughs) (laughs) We need, we need multiple. So that's, I, that's where I'd like to start is this idea of how this shapes, what community is meant to be.
0: Mm hmm we're not meant to be alone and and even god isn't meant to be alone but that, that kind of i just need to sit with that for a minute um i actually got like a little teary when you said that mm-hmm. you know, maybe god didn't want to be alone yeah
1: there's a woman named Deidre Riggs and she has quite a presence on Instagram and does a lot of anti-racism work. And she posted something the other day about how she's in couples therapy with God. And <laughs> I, I thought that was so amazing to be in couples therapy with God and that God, maybe God needed therapy too. And I, I think that that reminds me of this, that, you know, yeah. God, God is, is an integral part of this. And it was Phyllis Tribble who talked about, you know, how this story tells us a little bit about who God is and who we are. And what she says is that, um, oh, I'm, I need to pause for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) I remember what I was about to say that, oh, that, so Phyllis Tribble says that God moves to the background, that God is not some overbearing authority figure in this text Mm. that what the creation story tells us about God is God wants to be in relationship with us and that God moves to the background and passes on the authority that God doesn't hoard the authority and even gives up the right to, to change our course of action as human beings. But Mm. it's a delegation and a generous Delegation, I think generosity is the term that Phyllis yeah. uses. And I love that idea.
0: Like a, f- a refusal to, to dominate.
1: hmm hmm
0: And I think even if we think, you know, what, what happens prior to today's text of, of how God, in this version of the creation story, creates the earthling, which is out of the earth, and then God breathes God's breath, God's beingness. In into that earth, and that is what creates the earthling, and that is that again that kind of expression of generosity and and of sharing and delegating and giving away of God's self into into us.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: Earthling is is to to come back to Phyllis Triple. That's her language of trying to reflect the. The, the Hebrew here of, of the Adam being the earth, and out of the earth is created the Adama, which is an earthling. It's not right. given a gender. They're not given a gender um, in, this, in this part of the story. So right. I love that she also gives us that, that, that animation of, of earthling comes from God's breath, God's beingness infused into us
1: to create Absolutely. community. Right. Right. And I think I want to say it was Phyllis Tribble who also said this, but the word, the Hebrew word used for rib, I think you translated it this way in um, the version we read today is side. Mm-hmm. That it was like half. So mm-hmm. God took this being, took half And they're co-equal that there is no hierarchy established here that they are in partnership. And what partnership implies is equality, that you are equal partners in this care for creation, care for the world and care for, for one another. And I think we, you know, centuries of white supremacy and centuries of, of patriarchy have really affected how we read this story. But what you did so beautifully in the way you wrote out this scripture passage is helps us get back to what was originally communicated, which is this image of relationship where where we come to it on on equal ground that God breathe God's beingness into the one and out of that one created two. And so God's beingness is also in those two. There's nothing here
0: that implies, as you say, there's, there's nothing in the Hebrew that, that uh, creates one subordinate to the other. Right. In, the, in the language in the Hebrew around the, you know, God seeing like, well, we need to make a helper, a partner. There's nothing in the Hebrew that, that says that that word that is, because uh, I think it's in the Hebrew, it's like just one or two words. And in the English, we need like 12 words um because hebrew is so rich um it's it's companion It's, it is meant to be equal there's not meant to be this this subordinate relationship of one to the other um and i we've just we've lost that so much in in the way that patriarchy has tried to say nope like this, is, this explains why you know, women are less than, women are just a part, a small part of the culmination of creation, which is, which is man, which is male. Um, and some feminists that I have read, womanists I think in particular, are like, well, if you read this right, the first like human is the woman. Out of the adamah, then you get the woman. And only when you get the woman then do you actually get Ooh, <laughs> the? Wow. Hit. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So, <laughs> so mm. we want to also like, yeah, just re- recover that too. We're having a slight technical glitchy thing with our Zoom. So if you hear like a little awkward something, just don't worry about it. We're going to keep going. And um, Kelsey, yeah, pick it up for us.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's the joys of technology, right? It's great when it works, but really hard when it doesn't. But you know, I was thinking with what you were saying, and and this this notion of uh, our our being and our identity, and you know, the male and female, and I think it's important to name in the creation stories. I have loved listening to womanist scholars and reading womanist scholars who and queer theologians who have talked about the first creation story in Genesis one and how it gives us this idea of binary, but really it's about a fullness and abundance in a spectrum. So when God creates night and day, God doesn't just ignore the sunset or the sunrise or the afternoon. I mean, it's, it's a, God creates the full expression of creation of humanity and I think that happens here as well and so I I just wanted to name that that it's it's really this abundance it's this spectrum um, and I think that's a yeah an an important piece and we think about how this lack of hierarchy that happens in the text that we ourselves you know in our brokenness have placed on it Mm -hmm. I think you know when we when we dig deeper and see that there, there's this even, even ground we are created on, that it tells us we're name, created from even ground we're created from. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even intend that pun. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the, the way that we are meant to be in relationship with one another that, you know, that emphasis on, on partnership, as well as, you know, we have created these structures of hierarchy in our world with white supremacy, with um, heteronormativity, with um, patriarchy, all of, Mm -hmm. all of these things have created this structure of hierarchy that, that God never intended. So maybe we can read this text as understanding what God's intentions were in creation, what God's dream for us is and how we are called to be in what Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. calls beloved community.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, along with that is, is that the, the Hebrew actually recognizes this, this tension between like what we think of as a binary of night and day or male and female or water and land or all of the pairings of things the the hebrew itself um and and i'm grateful to uh, a jewish feminist com- commentary the five books of miriam's commentary on the torah of of illuminating this for me that the hebrew itself is like like it you can feel in the hebrew the tension that yes there's these pairings and we don't and Hebrew was a very gendered language. And, and, and we and we don't even know how to express the fullness of humanity because our 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 language is so limited. Mm. And you can feel that here too in, in Genesis 2 with like the, the Adama, the earthling, and the the Isha coming from the Ish, the, the woman, the Isha coming from the Ish, the man being made from um and, and then coming back together and and like this kind of really fascinating recognition that there is more at play in God's creation than, than these simple binaries. And why that matters for me is that, you know, in, in my analysis, white supremacy loves a binary because it helps to enforce the power structure, whether it's, you know, power structure through patriarchy or through race, Um, or uh, through anti-Semitism or or what have you, um, it loves these binaries. It uses the binaries to explain why one group of people has power and one other does not. And and then like what kinds of systems of violence do we use to make sure that those folks who don't have power don't try to get any, basically. And so, if we can read stories like this with that complexity of, 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 of creation, um, then that actually can help us to disrupt the binaries that reinforce white supremacist power, the, the power structure that, 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 we're, that we're living under. Um, and I'm going to say like that's the the easiest thing to do with these stories because the way that it, they have been used has been so harmful, um, and it, it's hard to uproot that. Like even telling myself like, oh, this story isn't about like enforcing gender roles and the subordination of women, and that non-binary transfer folks or you know shouldn't exist because God only made you know male and female. Like it's really hard to like deprogram ourselves out of that. And yet, I think it's here in, in our story that we weren't meant to be alone and that com- the idea of community is rich and full with a spectrum, as you said, that language of a spectrum of, of human expression and human experience that English with its being tied up into power structures itself, like English has a hard time rendering, um, but is there in the, in the original earthy, if you will, um, uh, complicated, playful, playing on words all the time. Um, the original Hebrew.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you saying all of that so much. And, and what I was thinking about as you were saying, you know, talking about, the limitations of our language. There was a book I read in college and I wish I could remember the name of the book or who wrote it, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, it talked, I want to say it was Tillich, but the, the piece that stood out to me in that, that I've remembered since then is that even the word God is a symbol for something so much greater. That Mm -hmm. even the word God cannot contain the wholeness of who God is. And I wonder if the same is true for this. Like you were saying, the words we have either in Hebrew or in English or, or whatever translation we are using, our words are so limited. They just, they can't, they, they truly cannot contain the fullness of, of what creation is, or even of what God is. Mm. And so we use our own limited language, our own limited understanding to try to make sense of it. And, you know, the other piece I wanted to pull from what you were saying is, you know, the, the way that the interpretations, you know, we've been told for so long that are, you know, we're just enculturated with white supremacy and with, uh, patriarchy, all these things, they've, they've seeped into our understanding of scripture and to Mm -hmm. untangle that is so hard. You know, it's like having a bunch of tangled necklaces, you know, like when you Mm -hmm. have all those necklaces that have the thin (laughs) uh, strands and you're just, it's almost impossible to, to pull them apart because they've such become, you know, so ingrained in how we understand scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think who Uh, we see ourselves as in scripture mm, too. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I remember I had a professor once who talked about, the where we place ourselves in scripture. And he said, think of, you know, the Moses story and the story of Exodus and the, the Israelites fleeing from Egypt. And he said, you know, enslaved people in the United States who were part of the underground railroad and escaping slavery. And part of that movement saw themselves as Israel in this story and white people, or Egypt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? But white people <laughs> saw themselves as Israel, mm-hmm. not as Egypt, and so you know we place ourselves in these stories, and have placed ourselves in that way for so long. And preachers have preached plenty of sermons on these things, and it's so hard to to untangle that, but it's so necessary.
0: Yeah, 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 and you know because. As, as as a queer woman reading this text, and you know who I've been in with my beloved for twenty seven years, and I and I read that very last line, and I'm like, therefore a man leaves his father, and like that's it's like holding up this, like that's not me, like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not, um, like as if this is supposed to be like the culmination of of human life together this kind of heterosexist view of of things but then as i was kind of thinking about the the very last the very tail end of this they become one flesh um the hebrew there is bashar, which is flesh like like one whole body like an animal has has flesh and and like it's actually that 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 is like you know the 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 two become one in the, in that instance, and, and I'm like, but what if, what if the point is not so much that like the best thing you can be in humanity is a heterosexual married partner, but but that you're somehow finding ways to embody that that wholeness of community, and that maybe non non binary and trans folks like have found that in their, in their own selves, right? Like, Mm. um, that sense of, of one fleshness already. And I don't know, that could, I, that could be a whole like rabbit hole we could go down, but (laughs) I'm just trying to mess with this because it's, it's challenging. I,
1: I agree with you. And I, I wonder if we, you know, if we play with this even more of, you know, a person leaves their parent Mm -hmm. and clings to their partner and they become one or even expanding it more to say, you know, that it is us stepping away from God and clinging to one another, Mm -hmm. that perhaps the father and mother in this sentence could be God. And we -hmm. are stepping away from the holy parent to ourselves clinging to each other and we become one. And then if we, you know, fast forward to what, um, where we get into the new Testament and the gospels, when we start using the phrase, the body of Christ, Mm. when, when Paul gives us that wording, Mm -hmm. you know, we're one body. Yeah, we are one body. And so maybe this really is about how we are part of community. Uh, as human beings mm-hmm. becoming one flesh becoming one body and then you get into the you know the text from paul about mm-hmm. you know the the ear is just as important as the pinky finger just as important as the knee right <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like head shoulders knees and toes of it all. yeah 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 mm-hmm.
0: they're really the hope is that we become one body
1: yeah
0: and the and and the point is really less about gender binaries but about coming back into into wholeness in whatever way we can find to do that in whatever our gender identity or gender expression or 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 whatever else that's been imposed upon us by these structures of oppression in our Mm -hmm. in our multiplicity of of beings because coming back again to to the language i'm really getting my like hebrew hebrew like word like nerd self on today, which is very exciting I love for me. It. Um, I, and I, I left it this way on purpose. I didn't actually change it. How the, the phrasing here for the divine is Lord God. And these are two words. One Lord is, is the divine name for God. Um, uh, Adonai Hashem, uh, it's, it's, it's the name God gives God's self. Uh, and when Moses asks, who are you like <laughs> and god says i "I am what I am and will be what I will be, and like there's no like one sticking point where you can say that this is this is who and what what the divine is, right, so there's already this like multiplicity of the past, present, and future, and i'm I'm gonna do what i'm gonna do, and i'm gonna be who i'm gonna be, and like so that's super expansive, and then yeah the word here that's translated as God is Elohim, which is a plural noun. So mm. it's like all the gods. So, <laughs> so this expansive divine, I'm, I won't pin myself down for you. Plurality of themness, you know, wants the same for us. That's what gets breathed into us, into this yes. earthling that, god's hope is will will find its way back to oneness right maybe that's the the point of the story is how we find our way back to oneness mm -hmm. and in our hebrew storytellers they liked pairs of things night and day land and earth swimming things in the sea and flying things in the sky like and and also as i said earlier like the language pushes even against that, recognizing, as you were saying, like twilight, sunsets, dawn, um, things that don't fit in those categories. We, we continue reading the text, like all of that is present. And all of that is also here that tension around, well, is it an Adamah? Is it an Ish? Is it an Isha? Is it, is it a Bashar? Is it? And then, like, God is all of these things. And all of these things have been breathed into us.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. You say that the multiplicity of God is what gets breathed into us. And I think, you know, that hope of God of us becoming one isn't about us becoming same and same. Mm-hmm. That we are, We are created to be separate beings. You know, we now have two beings, but as we become one, we're not forfeiting that, that we aren't just, you know, like a is it a hologram where they <laughs> come, come together and now they're one it's not i don't think it's like that i think the intention is you know like is said now in uh, in the letters section of the new testament you know this idea that we are we are using our our multiplicity our various gifts our various identities and those are the things that come together to create this one flesh or this one body you know with my hmm. The children at my churches, I often use the imagery of a puzzle that Mm. when you look at a puzzle, like if God created us as one big puzzle and each of us individual pieces cut out from one another or from one big thing, you wouldn't want a puzzle that's all one color. Like if the whole thing was blue, one, nobody would want to put that together unless they wanted to be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it is, it is our differences that allow us actually to interlock. Mm -hmm. And so maybe part of what God's hope for us is, is that we'll take our, our multiplicity our all our differences. And it's those things honoring those things that allows us to come together. Mm -hmm. Mm And that, you know, the, the beings that are created, each of us has our different abilities or our different gifts. And God's hope is that we take those and use them to, to benefit creation, to benefit the world.
0: Yes. And to dismantle the binaries. Yeah. To dismantle the binaries that have, that have been so harmful, continue to be so harmful to so many continue
1: to be continue Mm -hmm. to be yeah that god's dream for us is not to live in that binary world but to live you know using your word into that multiplicity
0: which to circle all the way back to the beginning because we're not meant to be alone right we're meant to be many
1: Mm. And to share the power. I think that's a beautiful piece of this story. You know, Mm. I I mentioned earlier about Phyllis Stribble's wording of, you know, God's generosity of Mm. of power that, that God steps back and says, here, you be the stewards now of creation. And that is given equally to these beings. And that it's meant to be us who now in turn care for the world. I just, you know, that to me is a beautiful thing that God shares power. And it makes me think of a, a story from, uh, numbers. It's numbers 11 and it was part of the lectionary last week. Mm. And it's this story of Moses and the Israeli people. They've been in the wilderness for like thirty years, and they're like, Moses, just give us meat to eat. Oh and all yeah. crying, and he's like, God, did I give birth to these people? Like, <laughs> why am I responsible? And what God says, because Moses says, I can't do this alone. It's too heavy for me, mm. and God takes Moses and says, "Okay, Moses, go and get 70 people that you know to be leaders of your community." And so Moses goes and gathers the 70, pulls them in, and God comes down in the cloud as God does. As God <laughs> and, does. And then takes the power and authority that God had placed on Moses and divvies it up among the 70.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And that to me is kind of like what's happening here in this creation story. We are not meant to bear the load by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means we need to give up some of the power and authority we think God has placed on us Mm. (laughs) and, and trust that God has spread it around equally among everybody else.
0: Yeah. Well, something I read uh, on Instagram an Instagram post that I can't remember who it was, but I look it up. But coming back to the, like taking that idea and coming back again to, the, to like queer identity is, you know, that the gift that that queer folks are to community, that maybe there are many ways to be in relationship. And that that is what queer folks offer to the world. That they're, that the, what we need in order to thrive as a society is not, not only heterosexual pairings, but, but all kinds of relationships and all kinds of expressions and all kinds of identities, because that's actually what helps humanity to thrive. Mm-hmm. We need lots of models for care. We need all of the, you know, like, what I love, um, about my life. One of the things is being the, being the radical auntie to my nibblings and, and, you know, to the children in our church, you know, being, being that auntie who gets to love on them, um, whether they're related to me by blood or not, you know? And, and so again, that, like that place of multiplicity, uh, that, that maybe this text can help us recover.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I had someone on the lady preacher podcast, you know, towards the the beginning of it. And she's a UCC pastor um, in the Northeast U S and I, I don't know why her name is, is blanking on me right now, but she tells a story in this podcast episode. Uh, maybe I can send it to you so you can link to it, Yeah, but she talks about, you know, she and, and her wife, they have a son. And when he was like five or six years old, uh, they went to a wedding and they had been to many weddings before, but they go to a wedding and it, it was for a heterosexual couple and their son turns to them and is like, mommy, mommy, why is a man up there with a woman? <laughs> <laughs> and they realized in that moment that he had never been to A wedding for a heterosexual couple. (laughs) His (laughs) idea of marriage was, (laughs) you know, a woman and a woman or man and a man. He like didn't understand. And I think children have such a gift for us in their understanding of of possibility and Mm -hmm. what they know about the world, what they know Mm -hmm. to be true, that we have so much to to learn from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) love that. (laughs)
1: that's great. Yeah. Mm. I just, you know, I keep coming back to this story being a story of, of what God wants community to be. And when we think about anti-racism, you know, that what the question that comes up for me is what do we need to do to live more fully into God's dream? What do we need to do in order to live in a world where We are all created as God created us. Where do we need, what do we need to do so that all people can live into the fullness of the breath God breathed into them? Because Mm. we're not there. We know that we know there's, there's oppression and injustice present every day. And so how can we live into, you know, the thing that we pray for in so many churches every week, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Mm -hmm. you know, Can we bring the kingdom of heaven to the here and, and now?
0: On earth. Because after all we're made from the earth. Mm. Right. And I think part of what this story also is helping us to remember is that that's, is to not forget that we're all made from the earth. And our um, wholeness uh, is, is the wholeness of the earth. Our thriving is the thriving of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as a text about anti-racism, I guess, um, it makes sense to me now. So I wanna really thank you for, um, helping me to think about the story in a, in a new and different and um, more liberative, I hope, certainly more liberative for me and for, for our audience, I hope, in a, in a more liberative way, that we're not meant to be alone, um, that we're meant to be whole, and that that wholeness um, is also about our expansiveness our multiplicities
1: Mm -hmm. and And the beauty of,
0: of the whole spectrum of creation.
1: Yeah. And community. I think, you know, you saying that brings me back to what you were asking about uh, or talking about with verse 24, you know, and that it's not just about romantic partnership. It is about human partnership. It is Mm -hmm. our relationship to community and to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, I mean, I am not a Hebrew scholar, so I learned so much from you <laughs> just now. I'm so excited that, that I got to talk with you and learn from you. Um, such a gift. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Now I know what I'm going to preach on.
0: <laughs> oh, Awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> So for our call to action today, what we thought would be great is if um, we can all find ways actually to support trans-led organizing. One of the impacts of the, the oppressive readings of this text um, are the anti-trans le- legislation bills that have um, been brought to many states um, here in the US, some of which have passed. Um, some of which are being challenged, um, but all of which are are an attack upon trans folks. So we will put some um, links in the transcript of some organizations that you can follow and support, send some money, um, but also, you know, talk with your people about how these binaries that are kind of forced upon us um, are harmful in ways in which that we can disrupt them. And one way we can do that is by loving on the non-binary and trans folks in our lives. Um, So we urge you to support, especially um, queer and trans folks of color. They're they're organizing around um, trans rights and trans justice. So check out the transcript and we'll also share on social media um, some good places to do that. Thanks, as always, for joining us from wherever you are on this good earth. We're back to the earth again, the Adam from which we come. We'd love to hear from you all by um, commenting on our SoundCloud or Twitter or Facebook, filling out the listener survey on our podcast page at surge.org. And we'd love to hear from you about how we're doing, especially from folks of color and non-Christian folks who may be checking us out. You can find out more about surge at surge.org and our podcast lives on SoundCloud. Search on the word is resistance. And please do give us a like or rate us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast. Transcripts are available on our website, which include references, resources, and action links. And of course, always a huge thanks to our sound editor, Max Pearl. Kelsey, would you please offer us a blessing to close us out today?
1: I would be glad to. I invite you all to receive this blessing with open hearts. And if it feels good and you're not driving or walking, go ahead and close your eyes. Maybe take a deep breath. And again, receive this blessing. I invite you to go forth into your day, into your week, and into your life, knowing that you are not meant to do this life alone that there are people who love you and care for you and that someone somewhere is praying for you, whether that is a stranger you sat next to on a bus 20 years ago, who just, you know, remembers your face and thinks, I hope they're doing well. Or, you know, the person you sat next to in sixth grade, who wonders about how you're doing or your best friend, someone somewhere is praying for you and hoping you are well. May you go held in the loving arms of our creator, our redeemer, and sustainer, blessed forever by God, our creator, our spirit, and love. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, that was great. Thank you. You're awesome. Oh, my gosh. So are you. (laughs) Thank you. You are- yeah that was that was oh, gosh thank you thank you I don't know what to do with that text sometimes and this was really helpful to talk with you and to hear from you about it so just thank you for that thank,
1: thank you for you. that I appreciate it you know I came across this I did a research paper when I was like a sophomore in high school and I think that's when I really knew I wanted to go into ministry. <laughs> I got like super into it and was, like reading Phyllis Tribble when I was 15. Mm. <laughs> and just like, I remember she like blew my mind when she said yeah. the thing about rib that it's not an actual, because I had always imagined it as like, okay, God took Adam's rib right. yeah, <laughs> made a person out of it, but no, the that it blew my mind. So that was, it was fun to like get back into that and, uh, dive into this text and challenging to think about it in a new way so yeah
0: thank you thank you um hopefully you might be interested in uh coming on again or maybe even doing an episode doing some episodes yourself you'd be interested um just love what you bring so you you don't have to answer now you can think about it a little bit um but uh and i know you have your own podcast yeah
1: (laughs) Well, the answer is yes. I would love
0: to. <laughs> oh, beautiful. This beautiful. is like my
1: favorite part of, of what I do.
0: <laughs> mm. so, yeah. Beautiful. Um, thank you. I will, I will send you some stuff um, cool. to get you on our, on our schedule. Um, we, we've had some folks step off recently and so we're trying to build back up our team. And so the hope is that we'd have a team of about eight or nine or so folks so that you would only need to do an episode about every couple months. So, cause we don't want it to be too much of a, well, nobody really thinks it's a burden. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a burden in the sense of like, wow, we really, we really have to bring it, you know, this is important work, but not like a drudgery burden. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, I, know honor really, yeah.
0: folks capacity and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I will a it's a, a yoke. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I am wondering because my, um, My Zooms are, it's still, the transcript is still running at the bottom, the captioning, but I can't, like, access any of the buttons. Hmm. So I'm wondering if you can, um, I think I'm praying that when I end the meeting from, I'll have to, to end the meeting, like, from Zoom, that it'll save this recording. I'm praying. Um, um,
1: I I have access. I can see the button of view full transcript. So I I can click. I'll save that. Can right you sa- Can you
0: save mm-hmm. that and send that to me? Yep. And please, God, let let it know to save the recording when when I end end the meeting. But like from the browser, I won't be able to end it from
1: yeah
0: from here. And I I'm I don't know why this is happening, but mm. it's it's annoying.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully it works. And I, the luck I have had in when things have gone awry is zoom does a good job of somewhere in the ether. It is there.
0: <laughs> well, I said to save it to my computer. So that's where I'm like, if it was saving to the cloud, I would feel slightly more confident, that it would know yeah. to do that. Um,
1: I do that too. You should be able to, when you get the zoom home screen up on your laptop, Yeah, when you go to um, cause this has happened to me. You go to meetings where it lists all your scheduled meetings or whatever yeah. and click there's a thing that says recorded meetings and then you can convert it there it'll there's a Hopefully. way to do it after yeah you know? so fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed mercury is also in retrograde it's yeah. mercury's retrograde so who the hell even knows right um we will pray to the multiplicity of divine names that yeah it's <laughs> because that was too good to lose
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny oh well um, i mean we've got the transcript at least so that is
0: true. i guess we could just read it no that wouldn't work um <laughs> all right um thank you so much that's, thank you this was just yeah. a joy and i'm really glad to to know you and be connected with you and um yeah and look forward to hearing you more in the Absolutely. future on our podcast. So thank you.
1: Thanks. Excited. Thanks. Bye. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. <laughs> you too, Kelsey. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.